What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be going through my week 10 running back rankings. So just going through the top 36 running backs for this specific week. You guys know the drill, any questions, drop them down below, I'll get back to you. And if you do enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I do just wanna to talk to you guys about Underdog. If you're interested in signing up, they will double your first deposit up to $100. If you use code Quinn or use the link in the description, the one thing I've been super into on Underdog recently is the player pickums, And the one that I'm looking at this week, or one of a couple, is the uh, over or the higher on the Cordero Patterson half a rushing and receiving touchdown. So basically, if he doesn't score, it's going to lose. If he scores, whether it's you know on the ground or through the air, that would be a win. We're looking at Cordero Patterson, who has scored a touchdown in four of his five games this season. He also saw uh, four of the five goal line snaps in week nine. Even though he's working his way back from injury, he was still the guy who was getting the ball on the goal line, and he was successful in those opportunities, scoring two touchdowns. And then you look on the other side with the Panthers. They have allowed 13 touchdowns to the running back position that is tied for the most in the NFL. So I like this on the Patterson side in terms of his role and usage. And then I also like it with the matchup he has this week going up against the Panthers. So if you guys do want to play that pick them, use the link or code Quinn. But now jumping into the uh, running back rankings here, we're going to start it off with the big three. I feel like these guys are probably pretty consensus. Top three running backs, you know, rest of season, especially in PPR formats. Christian McCaffrey at number one. We've got Saquon Barkley at number two, and then Austin Eckler at number three. You know, whatever order you have these guys, I'm not going to push back super hard. At four, I have Travis Etienne. I've been, you know, much higher on Travis Etienne than consensus heading into the season and over the last few weeks. The man just continues to produce. This is a pretty solid matchup against the Chiefs, so I like Etienne in this spot. Derrick Henry just continues to ball out. You know, an overall mediocre matchup against the Broncos. Overall, solid defense, but not a team that's, you know, super locked down against the run. At six, I have Nick Chubb. You know, at this point, I feel like we should probably just quickly run through these top guys because no one's sitting Nick Chubb. You know, we're kind of just splitting hairs here. Josh Jacobs at number seven, going up against the uh, Colts team that is just all over the place right now. Still solid on defense, but I am a believer in Josh Jacobs. Then I have Alvin Kamara here at number eight, followed by Kenneth Walker. Walker does have a little bit of a tough matchup against the Buccaneers. I do think the Buccaneers, you know, are a little hit or miss on defense. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Kenneth Walker has a big day, but, you know, on paper, it is not a fantastic matchup, but definitely someone who I'm still firing up, you know, locked and loaded as a uh, RB1. At 10, I have Dalvin Cook, and I feel like he probably finishes off like a very strong top 10, and then we're probably going into a, a tier break here with Damian Pierce at number 11 going up against the Giants. Number 12, I have Jonathan Taylor here. He returned to practice. Do we know if he's going to go on Sunday? Not yet. Do we know if he's going to be limited at all? There's a lot of stuff up in the air right now. I know a lot of people are very concerned if they have Jonathan Taylor on their fantasy teams. I'm just going to keep reiterating the point where it's like, if you can get a top 13, 14, 15 running back in return, like if you're getting a Ramondre, someone like that, I'd be all over that trade offer. But I'm not going to be selling uh, Jonathan Taylor for like 50 cents on the dollar. Because if you drafted Jonathan Taylor and now you're going to bring in, I don't know, like a Ezekiel Elliott, a David Montgomery, like if you were missing out on Zeke, are those guys really going to take you over the top and help you win the championship? I feel like at that point, if your number one pick is no longer on your roster, it's going to be tough. You probably just have to, you know, hold on and hope that he's able to get healthy and, you know, avoid getting shut down. 
but you know you do have to take the risk there of holding him that it's possible you know it just doesn't work out this season so tough to navigate here with JT but moving into the uh, running back twos 13 I have Miles Sanders not going to be super involved you know in the receiving game but he's going to give you a ton of work on the ground on a very you know top tier offense 14 I have Jamal Williams I think this is a great matchup for Jamal Williams here against the Bears we know they traded away you know a few of their defensive studs they got absolutely shredded on the ground by the Cowboys then they got shredded through the air by the uh, Dolphins I think the Lions are going to have a lot of success on offense this week, and it just seems like DeAndre Swift is not really trending in the right direction. It seems like they're content with just having him in this super limited role while he's injured. I don't love it, obviously. For fantasy, it's annoying. It seems weird, the logic, you know, for real-life NFL, but, you know, they've kind of showed their cards here, so we have to adjust. If Jamal Williams is getting, you know, 16 to 24 carries a game he's someone who needs to be you know viewed very highly for fantasy especially in a good matchup here against the bears i think this game could be a shootout you know you look at these offenses over the last few years you probably wouldn't expect it but you know two defenses that aren't top tier going up against two decent offenses i do think this could be a high scoring game at 15 we've got uh, cordero patterson who i talked about with that player prop going up against the panthers even though he's probably not going to have his full workload, you know, compared to the one we saw early on in the season, I still think he's a great play this week. Like I talked about, he's going to be getting the goal line opportunities and he's going to be getting a decent amount of volume on the ground. Also, I also think this is probably going to be a game script that supports the running backs on both sides in this matchup here. Then at 16, I have James Conner. Some people may think this is a little high for Conner. It's definitely not a good matchup against the Rams, but I feel like he's kind of, you know, just stepped right back into his, not workhorse role, but clear-cut RB1 role. You know, a week after uh, making his return, he could, you know, be a little bit more settled in, could have an even larger role here in week 10. So I like him as like a, you know, high to mid-tier running back two this week. And I think it's still someone that you guys can be buying low on. 17, I have Leonard Fournette, and Fournette's just a tough guy to navigate at this point. Like, he's still giving you decent production in your lineup, but it always feels like every week there's these rumors that Rashad White is going to take over, and, you know, I'm not necessarily going to be anticipating that for this week, but if the Bucks were to make that move, it really wouldn't be shocking. Like, Rashad White hasn't been sensational, but neither has Fournette. So like, can you really fault the Bucks if they want to go with the younger option, especially since Fournette hasn't been as strong as a uh, pass protector this season? I do think it makes the uh, just likelihood that they switch a little bit higher. Not saying it's going to happen, but you know, you can never feel confident if one of your starting running backs seems to be at risk of losing opportunities every single week. At 18 here, I have Aaron Jones. He would be higher if we knew he was fully healthy. We're not sure he's going to be playing in this game, and if he does play, is he going to be limited? So if he was healthier, he'd probably be more of a high-end RB2, but right now he's going to be slotting in as a mid-tier running back too. And then in that same game, we have Tony Pollard here at 19 going up against the Packers. I would expect Tony Pollard to probably be the top running back to own here for the Cowboys, especially if it's Zeke's first game back. If Zeke somehow does not play in this game, I mean, Pollard shoots up to a top 12, probably top 10 running back this week. Just to jump over Jeff Wilson for a second, I have Zeke, you know, just behind Tony, uh, behind Tony Pollard here at 21. Even though, you know, a lot of people view Pollard as the top guy, I still think Zeke is going to be very involved. He's going to have a decent amount of volume on the ground, and he's likely going to be getting the goal line opportunities. So still very, very playable. 
Jeff Wilson, I have here at 20 sandwich between Pollard and Zeke. I've talked about this all week long. I think this is going to be Jeff Wilson's backfield moving forward. They were basically 50-50 um, in week nine. If not, Jeff Wilson was, you know, 53-47. So the fact that he had the lead in that backfield, even if it was minor, you know, without even being there for a full week, that leads me to believe that he's going to continue to earn more opportunities. So I'm going to be making that bet here with him at running back 20. At 22, I have David Montgomery. Really like the matchup here for Montgomery going up against the Lions. I do think he is still the running back to own here for the Bears. He does come with a little bit more receiving upside than Khalil Herbert and just a more locked-in workload. I do think this could be a big game here for Montgomery, but you know it's one of these backfields where if Fields goes off for 80 yards and a touchdown and Khalil Herbert has a few nice runs, you know it is going to be tough if some of the other guys on this offense are producing on the ground. At 23, I have Deonta Foreman going up against the Falcons, and I think Foreman's ranking here could move up or down depending on the status of Chuba Hubbard. If Hubbard plays, obviously I think that hurts uh, Deonta Foreman. We saw Foreman have a big game um, the last time they played the Falcons when Chuba was not in the lineup, so that's a situation we're going to probably be continuing to monitor You know, up until the uh, Thursday night game. At 24, I have Antonio Gibson. And I feel like this is where the running back position starts to get pretty ugly. You know, I feel like we were doing good through, you know, maybe the top 20 guys. And then at this point, it really kind of starts to fall apart. So I have Gibson here. I do think he's the running back to own in that uh, commander's backfield. I just straight up think he's a better running back than Brian Robinson. They're still in somewhat of a split. But, you know, Gibson's getting the uh, the third down work, the two-minute drills. They're splitting, um, you know, goal-on opportunities. So I don't think this is a spot where like B-Rob even has a ton of touchdown upside. I think it's probably split pretty evenly between these two guys. So I do like Gibson much more than Brian Robinson moving forward. At 25, I have Devin Singletary uh, going up against the Vikings. Maybe the Bills rely on the uh, run game a little bit more with uh, Josh Allen's elbow a little bit banged up. I still don't have you know a ton of hope for Singletary moving forward, especially considering the fact that we could see Naheem Hines more involved as a third down back. And I think it'd be pretty concerning if Hines comes in and fully takes over that role because there's just not enough volume on the ground in the early down opportunities, not enough touchdown upside for the running backs in this offense. So it would definitely be pretty concerning if uh, Naheem Hines did fully take over that role. At 26, I have Khalil Herbert. Mentioned him a little bit talking about David Montgomery. I think he's going to have some decent opportunities on the ground. And it's always possible he breaks off a big gain and then also gets into the end zone, giving you like, 14, 15 points. That's always in the uh, range of outcomes here for Khalil Herbert. At uh, 27, I have Raheem Mostert. Talked about how I view Jeff Wilson as the number one moving forward, but I don't think Wilson is going to be, you know, some sort of major workhorse uh, for the Dolphins. It'll probably be like a 60-40, and I think the 40 uh, in that situation is still semi-relevant, especially when the running back position is so gross, you know, in the uh, running back three territory. At 28 and 29, I have back-to-back Steelers running backs. Najee Harris at 28, Jalen Warren at 29. There have been a lot of rumblings that Najee Harris is going to get benched in this game. There have been other reports that uh, Jalen Warren is going to see an increased workload. We really don't know what's going on here. You're basically just throwing a dart on either player. If you're playing Najee, you're making the bet that he's you know not getting benched. If you're playing Warren, you're throwing the dart that they are going to bench Najee. The overall issue here with these two players is like, how valuable is the number one role for the Steelers, right? Like Najee's had that, you know, for a decent amount of the season, maybe not total workhorse, but a lot of the opportunities. And he consistently was giving you 
high-end running back three production. So if they're not going to be in some sort of committee, this could just be really bad for both of these guys. At 30, I have Kareem Hunt going up against the Dolphins. I like him when Watson's back. If Watson isn't here, he's going to be, you know, some sort of untrustworthy running back three. Then at 31, I have Rashad White, kind of like I talked about with Leonard Fournette. If there's rumblings that he's going to be losing opportunities, there's always the chance that, you know, Rashad White has a boom game because his workload drastically increases. It's possible that's this week. Is he someone I want to be banking on that happening for? Definitely not. But, you know, someone who definitely should be owned. You know, he's someone I talk about every single week in the waiver wire video. If he has the opportunity to not just be a handcuff, but to be a weekly start, he definitely needs to be picked up in a ton of leagues. 32, I have DeAndre Swift. It's just brutal ranking Swift this low. But, like, at this point, is there anything else we can do here? They are clearly, you know, committed to using him in this very small role. He's clearly not 100% healthy. He's still limited in practices. They're not just going to hold him out. So we're in this bad spot where we just have to sit him when in reality, he should be like a top 12 running back. So it definitely sucks to have him here, but I feel like it's where he belongs at this point. 33, I have AJ Dillon. Dylan could move up if we're hearing that Aaron Jones is either out or limited. But at this point, you know, with a semi-healthy Aaron Jones, this is where he would fall. 34, I have CEH. The Chiefs just have one of the grossest backfields probably in the NFL. CEH has some sort of value because it's always possible he finds his way into the end zone on one of his like five carries and one target, but definitely not something I want to rely on. 35, Tyler Algier, going to be the number two behind Cordero Patterson. Saw a pretty solid workload uh, last week and was efficient in those opportunities. So, you know, here at 35, the backup to Patterson, limited receiving upside, but could have some, uh, you know, opportunities, almost like a uh, poor man's Khalil Herbert. And at 36, I have Chuba Hubbard. I think a fully healthy Chuba is definitely ranked much higher, kind of just like a placeholder spot, you know, to see what happens with him. Also could have thrown Brian Robinson on here. You know, he's probably just as viable as Chuba or uh, Tyler Algier. But like I said, not someone I want to be trusting. So that is going to wrap it up for the top 36. Pretty gross, you know, last uh, probably six guys there. So hopefully you have some of the guys in the top 24 area. If not, you know, hope your wide receivers are stacked. But that is going to wrap it up for this one. If you guys did enjoy, hit that like button. If you want to see the wide receivers, those are going to be posted today also. Thank you guys, and I'll see you in the next one.